Alright. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hooking Up. Another episode in the annals of geek culture, or whatever the hell this is. I'm joined by my good friend, Adam Flores, who is currently exhaling, so give him a minute, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. What's up, everybody? It's good to uh, be back in the firehouse. Yes. Not much longer will we have opportunities to record here, knock on wood, hopefully. It will be in an actual firehouse. Firehouse. Yes. Right, uh, right now it's fire apartment. Doesn't have the same ring. No. Though if I won the lottery, I would totally commission somebody to build, like, a containment unit from the cartoon series in the basement of this fucking place. That'd be cool. That'd be pretty cool to just have on the wall, like, a decal of the containment unit on the wall. Well, there's actually a reproduction prop you can buy that's a reproduction of the movie one. As big as it, or just the front of it? Um, it's the front of it. It's, uh, I think it's, like, two and a half, three feet wide by four feet long. See, what would be good is to put the decal on the wall and then, like, have something, like, draw, um, like, shading around it so it looks like it's Brick. sunk into into the actual wall itself. That's probably something I can contract your brother for. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's a really good idea. That's, like, enough reason for me to want to relocate my entire fuse box. <laughs> yeah, right? What have the electrician come in? What do you want me to do? I need you to put the fuse box all the way over there. Why? Because they need it behind this. And just put two little LED lights so that you can tell when the trap's when it's open, when it's light is green, trap is clean. All right. So anyway, we got lost in ourselves again for a second. That's pretty much this. That's pretty much the synapses of this podcast. <laughs> that's all this is meant to be. This is the low stress. Talk about whatever the fuck we want, and anyone who wants to be on the show can talk about whatever the fuck they want. I'm actually going to try to invite a guy that was, when I was at the dealership, he was a big Green Lantern fan. He was a big comic book guy. He was actually one of the first people I went to Comic-Con with. Uh, Shout out to Matt Lally. Uh, When I upload this, after I upload the other one recorded... Shout out to Matt. uh, I'll tag him in it. And his girlfriend, uh, Sam, she's also a big comic book person. Holds her own in the discussions. Which is a rare thing. Yeah, it's kind of cool seeing more women getting into it now. Uh, shout out to Monica for being adamant in saying that, you know, she's she's always been a geek. It's not something that a guy turned her to. I mean, her brother's kind of turned her towards it from Geeks of Gogo. Liz did a little and, stint like yeah, going and, in that, like, and it pisses her the fuck off. Yeah. So what are we smoking? Uh, today we got a fresh order of Tangiers in. It's my... One of my personal favorites, Tangier's Orange Soda. Tastes exactly like you're drinking a can of Orange Crush. Smoking out of my, one of my personal first big boy hookah I bought, uh, a Maya Staff. And a Tangier's Funnel Bowl, water in the base. Alright, so, currently in the background we have uh, Batman... You were saying it right, forever. Yeah, Batman Forever, yeah. Which I, I think Tommy Lee Jones played a good Two-Face. A little more comedic. I think he should have been a little more sinister. Yeah. Um, he sh- it, they made like a buddy cop out of him and Jim Carrey. I really feel like Jim Carrey could have been the quippy one. and uh, Yeah, have like a stark contrast between the two. Yeah, he should have like two, been... Two-Face could have been like, shut the f- shut up, you know, this isn't time for jokes kind of thing. Or he could have been more relaxed and formal like a businessman, and then when the scar side takes over, he gets more vicious and cold. 
it's just um, it's another missed opportunity in but a lot of ways. But again, this was the early days of comic book movies. Yep. I mean, shit. Batman was like basically the the only big comic book movie you had back then. If we're not including the guy, I mean, come on, Marvels back in the day were god awful. Yes. Um, this movie, we were just talking. The casting in it necessarily isn't the bad part. Jim Carrey could have been the Riddler, and I would have been fine with it. I didn't like the over the top. Let's make him the Joker Riddler. Uh, yeah. When they when he starts wearing the when he got breaks out what the silver unitard at the end of the movie with yeah. the fucked up hair, and I was like, and the mask, I was like. Okay, it it felt like they didn't know if they wanted like a serious tone film like uh, the original Batman '89, or they wanted a very comedic a la Batman '69 television series. Exactly. I mean, even the scene where you have you know the Graysons on the floor dead and and Bruce Wayne is kneeling over them. Great image. Yeah, I mean, look at Chris O'Donnell. We're actually at the part where he discovers his family is all dead and the. The look of on O'Donnell's face. He actually O'Donnell's, a, in my opinion, he's a good actor. He's on, uh, I think it's NCIS. L.A. L.A. Um, he play. He's a good actor. He's kind yeah. of like L. Cool J. I wouldn't have expected him to be so. He's a good actor. Um, I know you don't. I don't think you're a fan of Ludacris. Is a great actor. He was good on SVU. Yes, and there's another uh, movie, uh, sci-fi action movie, Ultraviolet, starring um, the the chick, the main chick who plays Alice in the Resident Evil movies. Oh, uh, Milo Jovovich. Yeah. Um, he's in that, and he plays detective. And he played a cop pretty damn well. Not over the top, not just stereotypical cop lines and shit, but he plays the part well. Uh, one thing we were just talking about is how these first movies really shit all over Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. He doesn't really set himself up to be, to have a relationship with Batman at all. Which is one of the things, like, you know, you read any comic. I mean, that's the one thing I really like about the Batman, the Nolanverse. Mm-hmm. Is the relationship between Batman and, and Commissioner Gordon is there. Yeah. There's, there is a relationship. There's a mutual respect for the two. I mean, Batman will always have respect for him because, again, he was the guy that put the code on him, you know, when he was a small child. And I even that, that scene in, in uh, Batman Begins, I thought was great. Absolutely great. You have, you know, this relatively young... Was he a sergeant at the time? Um, I think, no. I think he starts as just a... A beat cop? A beat cop. And even that, that's that's so cool to show the evolution of both characters. I, I did think it was a little bit of a disservice to him, having him be in the right place at the right time after the commissioner's killed by the Joker... I'm not, uh, you're going to have the big desk. I'm not taking no for an answer. Commissioner Gordon, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I was like, really? I, in the comics, he always felt like the type that worked his way up to where he was. Yeah. And, like, that was the whole part is, like, it took its toll on his family life. That's the one thing I like about Gotham, that they pretty much get, get right? They, yeah, like, he's, he's the one guy that's not falling in line with the rest of the department. Yeah, he's not willing to be on the take, which they did portray really well in the Bat- in the Nolan movies. Yes. Um, and that's what he said, is like, I'm no, I'm no rat. Even the whole... It, it tearing him apart, the fact that he lied to people about Batman taking the rap for... Or that he was dead? The, uh, the death of Harvey Dent. You know, 
because he knew that Batman is better than that. Yeah. And he saved his kid after essentially, you know, after essentially Commissioner Gordon, well, at the time Officer Gordon, saved Bruce Wayne from, you know, a life of turmoil. Because you, you could even argue. He was Commissioner by that point. No, no, as a kid. Oh. Like, you wouldn't even, even back then you would almost think maybe it was that that made him think that there's still good in this world to fight for. Yeah, and as we also mentioned, Val Kilmer didn't do a bad job. He did not. I think he's a solid C plus B minus Batman. I think he's an A minus B plus Bruce Wayne. He never comes off like he's trying. He comes off like a businessman, which I think arguably we can <coughs> say the best incarnation of Bruce Wayne was the Bruce Wayne portrayed in Batman the Animated Series. And what is that Kevin Conroy who did that voice as well? Yes. I mean, absolutely. I Kevin Conroy, man, he's. I mean, he was. He made a big portion of the Arkham series for me. I know you're not a fan of it, and I really they're, think they're a fun game. Story wise, if you just play the story, fine. Yeah. It's all the superfluous extra shit that I'm like, okay, I don't need to find every Riddler trophy and. Like I really do think you should take Arkham Knight for me and play through it. Okay. Um, Alright, who's the best Alfred? Oof. Yeah, see, it's almost like two Alfreds. Like, in the this series, I can't think of the actor that portrayed him. He played <coughs> it really well. And I was a little skeptical of Dean... Uh, not Dean Cain. Um, Michael Cain. Michael Cain. But he played it really well, too. But he was a very proficient and assisting... Bruce, and yeah. a.k.a. Batman. I think they're all, all three of them are very different. Whereas this one came out as the old-timey, in the original, up to, what, Batman and Robin? Uh, he came off as the old-timey friend of Bruce Wayne, helped raise him, but... You really felt more of him as, as just a butler role for the most yeah, part. Yeah, you could see he, he probably fixed his, and he probably repaired his suit for him. I thought, that was a kind of a grie- uh, grievance of mine for Batman versus Superman, he was too fucking hands-on. See, but I like that. I like that Because that was like that what? Was that er, uh, that one you lent me where Alfred was a the army ba- veteran? The Batman uh, Earth One. Yes, and he never wanted to be. See, I love... If you guys ever get a chance, I suggest you read that. Because to me, when they, when they redid the universe, I was hoping that that was the route that they'd take. Because it's, it's a fresh take on... But these classic characters, you that, get you get Batman fucking up, for the most part. I don't know, but Alfred in that came off really disgruntled. And the, and I, I think it was a better way of doing it because you can't, you can't keep doing the same things. But I see, I I never got that he actually gave a shit about Bruce Wayne. It was by, more like fuck. Well, they dumped my, their kid. They've dumped their orphan in my lap. I have no choice because I have to honor my friend. Well, by volume two, he ends up being a lot, a lot uh, closer with him. Yeah, it, it just came off so fucking cold, and I'm just... That was like... I kept reading this, and I'm like... I, I feel like this goes against everything I've... And I'll, although I'm, I'm not nearly as well-versed in the Batman comics as you are, it always came off, like, way too cold and disconnected from Bruce Wayne. Like, he never had that... Like, when uh, Michael Caine cries because he thinks Bruce is dead, you know, I... You know... That I, you know, you trusted me and I failed you. Like he actually, you believed he was genuinely remorseful of having to bury another Wayne. Yeah. yeah, and feeling that you know you gave me the one 
thing in your lives that you cherish the most, and I failed you on seeing helping it grow. Well, to me, it was like with with uh, Earth One. It was cool to see a different take on Alfred first and foremost, because it wasn't just, hey, he's a he's a guy that's been a butler for this family for generations, like you know, like his family's always been the butlers for the Waynes, blah blah blah. blah. This is like, you know, he's he's played his part in the world. You know, he's seen the world. He's able to lend experiences to Batman that he wouldn't have otherwise, including tactical stuff. And I like that that side of it. Like, he, he is more hands-on. He can help him build stuff. A- actually show him, okay, this is better for you because you can't always have Lucius Fox there building shit. No, but I do think that was a... That was something they really integrated well into the Nolan verse. Uh, we saw it a bit. It was not a big thing in the animated series. Uh, they actually made a big deal out of the episode where Lucius Fox was introduced as being the guy that puts together most of Batman's slash Bruce Wayne's equipment. See, I didn't need the the striped half of his uh, Two Faces suit. Yeah. No, I, I agree. That was a bit more too comedic for me. Uh, I like the fact that the henchmen were kind of like sh- not, uh, knockoffs of them. Their masks were too two sided. Um, I honestly, I really kind of like. I really like the Batman Forever Batmobile. Oh yeah. Um, it's a little too bright and it attracts too much attention. The fins, I don't really care for. I like how when it gets to a higher speed, the fin splits. Yeah. As a you know stabilizer. Um, the one thing I don't like is when he moves, you see it has a lot of flex to it. Yeah. Maybe because I'm a car guy, you're like, that is not how that would fucking work at all. And you can almost see the blatant differences between the mod- the models they were using. And models, I mean the actual cars, not a small miniature model. So how do you feel about Aaron Eckhart's Two-Face? What do you mean? In uh, Dark Knight. Oh, um... I thought he played it. I thought it was well done. Um, to I I didn't think it was too. I thought the makeup was nicely done. A little too CGI. CGI. Cool. CGI. Um, when he drinks the shot and you can see it leaking out of his neck, um, I think it would have been better off scar. I don't think you needed to have it burned out. I'm. It raises a bunch of questions like, how is he talking? And you're actually understanding it. Um, how would he, anything, because at the end of the day, you still have to remember, these are still living, breathing characters, and he still has to be able to ingest food, ingest liquid. Well, it's, it's, it's the curse of Christopher Nolan making this, quote-unquote, realistic world to himself. So now you trap yourself into everything has to be super realistic. See, but the thing is, I don't think, I think that takes away from it, because that's not how the human body would respond. Yeah. If you have a hole going straight from your esophagus to the outside of your body, you you are not going to live long. No. And they did portray him kind of like a character with a death wish that knew his clock was ticking. But that's the thing is like you felt it was self-contained. You knew at least I felt I'm like this motherfucker it's you're not going to see him locked up in Arkham. It was another typical typical casualty of the current uh Marvel does this a lot. Got a bad guy, you can pretty much guess he's probably gonna die by the end of the ep- by the end of the movie. Which yeah. I really think like the one that really bothered me the most so far, 
Ronan. Um, I really feel like instead of Obadiah Stane being Iron Monger, I think Stane should have either stolen technology to form his own company, and he should have formed the true Iron Monger, or as a duality, defect to Russia and give you Crimson Dynamo. That would have been cool. You know, take the money and run. Maybe take the prototype arc reactor that's not as efficient and sell it to the Russians, but, you know, or maybe just take the one he steals from Tony's chest. So they really can't reproduce it, and it has a finite amount of power it can generate. And maybe have, like, then you can bring in Anton Vanko polishing it up. And they should not have, in my opinion, he should not have been Whiplash. No. If you were just going to have another Iron character, he should have been Crimson Dynamo. That would have been pretty fucking cool. Um, th- if they wanted just an armored bad guy, there was a lot of them they could have chosen from. So that's a little bit of that. But at least in like these early Batman movies, you could almost see, you could almost feel the character was going to be locked up. Yeah. You knew they'd be defeated. Go to Arkham. Possibly you could reintroduce them in another movie. That was initially a plan for Jack Nicholson's Joker. Yeah. That would have been cool to do, but I mean, it's just it's too much like Okay. Let's retract that. Let's go to what we were talking about before in regards to the post Civil War Avengers. Okay. Because you had some really good thoughts on this. Of <clears throat> uh, so okay, so you can't introduce Norman well, I, Technically, you can't introduce Norman Osborn now, but <coughs> in the would... comic books, Norman Osborn creates the Dark Avengers. After he is named the uh, the, the director of Shield, Shield which Correct. is now reorganized as Hammer. Yeah. So, what was cool about him was he took the iconic characters, made the Thunderbolts into the Avengers, but clothed them to look as the iconic Avengers. You had Bullseye as Hawkeye. You had Venom, the Matt Gargan. Uh, as Black Costume Spider-Man. As Black Costume Spider-Man. <clears throat> you Athena? Had... Who's that? Who'd you have? Wasn't there somebody being Miss Marvel? Saturn? Uh, Saturn Girl? I thought it was Mocking... Uh, Mockingbird? Something like that. It was somebody else played uh, Miss Marvel. Marvel. You Toxic had... Doxy as Scarlet Witch. Yes. You, you also had... Uh... Who else? Yeah, Bullseye is Hawkeye. You already said that. Did I say that? Yes, that was the oh. first one you mentioned. Um, and what was the name of the the, the god that was in it? Um, Ares? Ares. So you had him replace essentially the Thor character. I thought they used Ragnarok. No. The cyborg that kills Not at first Black they Goliath. Didn't. Not at first. Okay. Um, and th- that was a cool <clears throat> thing. So obviously you can't do all that because a lot of these characters haven't been developed yet. But you were saying... You've got Steve Rogers with the true Avengers, we'll say that. And you could start off Infinity War, or if you just wanted to shoe... I mean, Marvel, if you just want to shoe in, get yourself more money, because these will sell. Um, now, okay, you've created one suit for Peter Parker. Yeah. Now you take your Iron Man tech, and now you give somebody the um, Iron Spider costume. I said you could do a shameless name drop, not really necessarily develop the character, the pilot, rather. You could do a name drop like Ben Riley. You suggested Miguel O'Hara, which, as you said, we're, it's slim to nil we'll ever see a Spider-Man 2099 movie. 
we'd probably be more likely to see an animated series, quite honestly, because those are doing pretty well. Um, I said, now you could... Ross is so... It would almost be a going against his character a little bit, but you could bring him in as Red Hulk. Yeah. Thunderbolt Ross. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, Thunderbolt Ross played the Red Hulk, a.k.a. Rolk. Um, so you can have this almost wannabe Avengers team. You're or, Obviously, they're rehabbing Rhodey. Well, you could put Rhodey back in the Iron... Uh, in the... Uh, Iron Patriot Iron armor? Patriot armor. Because, I mean, Norman Osborn was the was the first one to create the Iron Patriot, which I, to this day, I think was awesome. Like, for as much as I hate Norman Osborn, I'm like, that is a cold fucking costume. Because you integrate Captain America and Iron Man all at once. Also, if you could, another angle you could do with Rhodey, obviously, Tony's going to feel guilt of him almost getting killed. You could use the telepresence armor that Tony Stark used in the comics when he was recovering from getting shot. Which they kind of did do in the in third Iron Man 3. Yeah. 3. But so, you have all these, um, and then we were talking about who we would get to replace Captain America. Yes. <clears throat> and so, I mean, if Captain America is not going to be Captain America, I really hope they don't go the <laughs> Nomad route, because that costume is fucking god-awful. You know they wouldn't use the Nomad costume. But I think here's a good opportunity to present U.S. Agent. Um, and you were saying, what was the name of that other guy? Protocide? Protocide. Those would be good ideas. Protocide would give you a, a good character, another costume-wearing character with a shield, and would take minimal fleshing. Well, not minimal. They'd almost have carte blanche. No one... I think... 90, I could say... I confidently say I could 90% of the population would have no fucking idea who Protocide is. And you don't have to do it that he was the first Captain America. You could do it that he's the new Captain America. Yeah. Because, I mean... To go back and to rehash what happened with uh, Dr. Erskine, um, without bringing Stanley Tucci all the way back in, even though I'd love to see Stanley yeah. Tucci in the role again, you don't have to do all that. You could just have somebody <clears throat> else remake that version of Captain America and have him be Protocide. Or, again, U.S. Agent, I thought would be a, a nice subtle nod, because you could almost just take the stealth uh, Captain America, the super soldier costume, Take those little wings off and just keep it dark with the blue star. Done. Is that would you would you carry that theme over onto the shield, or would you just give them the straight red and blue Captain America shield? Or I'm sorry, red, blue, and silver. Uh, I think his, I think for him, I would just make it um, blue and white, no star. Okay. Meanwhile, you have Captain America in Wakanda, and he has to come up with his own uniform and stuff like that. And you can have him doing his own his own thing. So would you name Steve Rogers U.S. agent, and this other guy being Captain America, since he dropped the shield and they said he's no longer Captain America? Yeah, that might be a good way to go as well. So they bring in this new guy to be Captain America. As long as Captain America doesn't have the light shield, they could almost. And I know you'll hate this. Not exo armor in the sense of the Iron Man armor. But do an exosuit that augments a typical soldier. So essentially be like, like crossbones then? No. Um, well, yeah, but not so mechanical. Like when he had the big metal fist that came wrapping over his hands. You remember the fucking metal suit that uh, Steve Rogers wore when he had the degenerative bone disease? Yeah. Something... An updating of that. 
They got to do something. They can't. I, I, I don't want. Doesn't really want them to be like, fine. We're finding Thor, uh, Thanos. Fine, you guys are good. Let's go. Like, because then it's it's throwing away. And if they did say they were gonna have like sixty nine characters or something in that sixty eight something, yeah. that, you gotta build would, more. That would be a. Sh- I don't want to use the word shameless way, to quickly introduce characters. But in the same respect. It's kind of what you're... If, if that number is accurate and they just don't mean there will be 69 good people, including characters like... Um, what's Nick Fury's right hand? Dum-Dum Dugan. No, the, the female who's... Oh, uh, Maria Hill? Maria Hill, Agent 13. If we're counting people like that, which I kind of hope we're not, I would like to see the build-up battle we never got in Civil War. Although Civil War to me Civil War was amazing. Oh yeah, it was extremely well done. But you had what? Ten people, twelve people fighting in an airport? That's not the scale that the comics had. Obviously you couldn't do that. Yeah, I mean we we gotta see what happens with um all the Netflix guys first. Because at first Marvel was saying that they're gonna disregard <clears throat> the shows versus the movies. That that that's its own universe. Which is like no, that's counterproductive to everything that you guys have been doing. I think Stephen, I think Doctor Strange is going to give him that fucking on a silver platter. Here's how you can combine it. Yep. I cannot wait for that movie. Again, Marvel making me care about a character I couldn't give two shits about originally. I can't. I cannot wait. To that see movie looks shit. really good, just in its own regard. Just like I just rewatched Civil War. Uh, shout out to my wife for buying it for my birthday. Um, but. Fuck, Black Panther stole that shit. And shout out to Nick Prohl for giving Rodney and I a copy of uh, Civil War. Did you see the entire Black Panther costume was CGI? Yeah. That is like some CGI that will definitely stand the test of time. For sure. Like, I I told Maria, we were just watching it today. And uh, I was like, man, you know, can you believe that this entire suit is CGI? She's like, wait, what? I was like, yeah. But, again, that's proof that you could do it right. And Marvel with that Disney money. Or is it Disney out with that Marvel money? It's... Disney has got to be laughing to the bank. Yep. Between Marvel and Star Wars. Yep. And all the Pixar stuff. Like, between just the stuff that Disney makes on its own. The Frozen, the... The the Disney animated movies that they have. Oh, yeah. The properties that they make in, in their parks. Um... The property rights to anything that they sell, just Disney alone. Then you bring Pixar into the mix. Then they make all their money off of that as well. Then you bring Star Wars into the mix, and they're making all this money off of Star Wars now. Then you bring Marvel into the mix, and now they're making all this money off of Marvel. It's like, holy shit. Like, Can you guys make any more, like, are you printing money at this point? Like, they gotta be, wi- these execs gotta be wiping their asses with 50s now. And I will say, arguably, deservedly so. Yes, I have never felt cheated yet. No. And I've never felt that a movie is silly. Like, for all the DC fanboys that are like, well, Marvel movies are just made for kids. No. If you say that, you just kind of put all your cards on the table that you're just nothing but a fanboy. Yep. Because, and this is the other thing, you can have a favorite without hating the other. And just because, like, everyone lost their fucking mind with the ratings of you know, Batman vs. Superman Suicide Squad. If you want to see it, see it. I've always said, a movie doesn't have to be award-winning. All you have to do is entertain me for the duration of that movie. I think is make a good movie. 
to me, in my opinion, Batman vs. Superman is not a good movie. It is a C movie. I have zero desire to add it to my collection. I will not have the desire to put that in and watch it again. Man of Steel is a better movie. I talked a lot of shit about Man of Steel, and it was an extremely enjoyable movie. There were things that I would change. For sure. But for trying to start your movie universe, good starting point. You're, I still am not going to give a shit about Cyborg. The best incarnation of Cyborg is Teen Titans. I love that cartoon show. The original Teen Titans cartoon show, not Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans Go is fun for what it is. It's fun for what it is, but it's not what the other one was. But the so, other one was in the height of the anime... If you made Cyborg anything like how he was in Flashpoint Paradox, I'd be okay with that too. But see, to me, Flashpoint Paradox felt like a shameless reboot where we're trying to take a C-tier character and you know, you've retconned him that he's a founding member of the Justice League. No, he's not. Well, leave in, him where he's effective. In DC, what what was it? The, in uh, the New Fifty Two, he uh, he's a he's a founding member of the Avengers, and I'm okay with it. I'm but okay it was a reboot. It. But I I'd rather that than shoehorning in John Stewart just to have the token black guy. True. Which is what I didn't like about the Justice League cartoon because I'm like, John Stewart's never really been a Justice League member like that. No, wasn't he Justice Society? Uh, he was, he was Justice League, but I know Guy Gardner was a part of that other Justice League that, that came out for a while. Um, and John Stewart was a member of the Justice League, and he was a member of the, uh, the President's Council with, um, Captain Adam and stuff like that during the Batman and Superman storyline, along with, uh, I believe it was Starfire was in there as well. But you just, you had the opportunity to, yes, okay. We have a black guy that's... He's already a black guy. Just keep him there. Done. Did you hear the shit about Arrow's trying to tank in order to get Stephen Amell into the DC Universe? Like, into the DC Cinematic Universe? I heard... Not that they were trying to get Arrow to tank. I heard that they want to get Stephen Amell in the, sh- in the movie universe. But if they are, that's, a, in my opinion, a discredit to the people who have made Arrow such a big popular show. Not just that, but it's a discredit to everyone else in the universe. Because you're going to see Stephen Amell as Green Arrow in the in the movies, and you're going to be like, okay, so that means all those other shows, whether they're continued or not, because if they discontinue Arrow and they put Stephen Amell in there, it's not the common person isn't going to think like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's a, it's a separate entity. They're going to be like, okay, so this is the Arrow from the TV show, which means Flash from the TV show should be in here, which means all the Legends of Tomorrow should be in the movies. And it's not going to happen. Everyone's going to be like, well, what the fuck is going on? And I'm going to be like, this is DC fucking it up again. But is everyone going to say, what the fuck's going on? Because I don't think you can say that Legends of Tomorrow are anywhere near the fan draw that Arrow is currently. No. They're trying. I would say Flash has possibly edged out Arrow. Yeah. But I think with Arrow, you still get a lot of the female fans. Because, let's face it, he's eye candy. As Roddy said, he, they keep Roddy feels he's too pretty. To be Oliver Queen. Which I disagree. I, th- I think Oliver Queen's supposed to be a, you know, a pretty boy in his own right. Yeah. I mean... I just... really feel like they've prettied up Aquaman. And oh. in the movies now, they fucking made him in... They, from what I heard, he's going to be basically DC's Wolverine. Which, my knowledge of Aquaman is minimal, but he was never that guy. No, he's supposed to be the regal superhero. 
because he's a king. He's a, there's no there's no rebe rebellious king like that. Um, whatever. It's just it's again it's it's the difference between between the two. Um, now I'm now Todd McFarlane's talking about having a Spawn movie, which and, I'm fine with. But he's also saying that Spawn is barely going to be in it. It's like going to be more an origin story with Al Simmons. No, I think he's supposed to be like a. Uh, Man, I forgot how Todd McFarlane worded it. But it, it was something that I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Make a Spawn movie that's just a fucking Spawn movie. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, let's see, let's see. He said there's a new movie on the way. Oh, uh, let's see. He said, you're never going to see a dude in a, in a rubber suit. This is going to be my Jaws shark. Um. R-rated, badass kind of scripts. And he had said something about how Spawn is going to be represented in the movie. And it's it's not bad, it's just... Let's see. I'd put it more into the horror, suspense, supernatural genre. If you take the movie that departed meets paranormal activity, something like that. In the background, there's this thing moving around, this boogeyman. This boogeyman ha just happens to be something that you and I intellectually know as Spawn. Will he look like he did in the first movie? No. Will he have a supervillain he fights? No. He's going to be a specter. The ghost. So he's just going to be like moving around in the background. I guess fighting criminals. But you're not, You're never going to get like a pure glimpse of him. Oh, that's... That has now me disappointed. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? What is so hard about... Here's a movie about this guy. This is the guy that we want to see. Get it done. And that's weird coming from Todd McFarlane. Because... Todd McFarlane was usually pretty much on his shit. Hmm. I don't know. It's it's everyone trying to be edgy. Like, oh, I'm going to do something different. So here's this uh, here's this take on it. When it's like you don't need a take. The take is done in the comic books. Yeah, you've done your you've done the hard part. The the comic books should be the storyboards for the movies. The end. Instead of drawing, oh, we have to draw up storyboards. No, storyboards done. Take panels out of particular issues, boom, storyboard, 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 storyboard. Do you, I mean, do I need to see Melabolvia again? Not really. Is anybody going to be able to do the clown and violator as well as John Leguizamo? That's going to be iffy. But you can have people like the Redeemer on there and Vindicator and stuff like that. Angela. Angela. You can have all that shit. That like, might require a fucking deal with Marvel, though. What is it? Because Angela's in Marvel's universe now. Oh, is she? Yeah, they bought out the rights to her. Wow. She's uh, one of the Asgardians. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think when Marvel bought out I Image? They bought out another one of the studios. I thought it was Dark Horse. Because that's how they got the rights to Star Wars again. Okay, and that's probably it. But yeah, she's an Asgardian now. She looks a bit more subdued. It's not her tits, sh you know, shoving out there in your face. Unfortunately. Well, no, she's still very... You, she's your typical female voluptuous character. But it's not so, like... Do you remember Witchblade? Yes. Yeah. It's not like that. Where, like, 65% of her tits are exposed. Was Witchblade Top Cow? I thought Witchblade was Dark Horse as well. That was a TV show for a while, which was actually pretty good. There were so many good com or good, 
there were so many comic book companies coming out, especially in the mid to late 90s, where it was like, finally, we got, you know, a wide array of besides just Marvel and DC. I mean, Dark Horse arguably has been around for quite a long time. They had a Godzilla comic book, black and white, that was super graphic and it was awesome. The art in it was absolutely amazing. And um, you had this other com comic company, I forgot which one, they had the character The Ferret, which was actually a pretty cool com comic book character. Costume design kind of sucked, but, you know, it was their version of Wolverine. Of course, everybody was trying to do a version of Wolverine back then, but still. God, I'm so sick of, like, the over-the-top, like, bad boy character. Which, don't get me wrong, I'm still impressed Marvel's keeping the Marvel 616 main universe Wolverine dead. But it kind of takes a little bit out of it when you have old man Logan walking around and X-23. But see, that's the beautiful thing about these Marvel movies. You don't have an anti-guy. Everyone's kind of going along with the program. You never see, you know, Hawkeye being like, well, I'm just going to go over here because I'm that guy. I you think the most you saw of that was in Thor. I think where he always felt like he was, he wanted to keep himself outside of the circle. I feel like the closest you ever get with that is Black Widow in Winter Soldier. When Steve in the beginning is doing his whole thing and she has an ulterior mission where it's like, alright, you guys do your shit. I have a separate mission over here that you have no idea about and I'm going to get this shit done. Yeah. Well, she went to the ship to specifically get the information for Nick Fury. Yes. And I was I was just saying that it's going back to when people say that the Marvel movies are childish. When you watch the Captain America series, just Captain America, if if you just take the Captain America movies. In the first one it's very straightforward. Here's a guy that gets superpowers in a lab and fights Nazis. It's as straightforward as you get and a lot of people blow over the first Avenger because of it. Because they're like, oh, it's it's A, B, C. The end. The second one is when you get a little bit more spy game meets superheroes. Yeah. You, know, you get the espionage side of things. And even in Civil War, you take away the airport sequence and you, you get more of the, you know, who's this Baron Zemo guy? Oh, he's going after these other super uh, winter soldiers that are going to be supposedly uh, brought back out of stasis. And it's a whole separate spy game going on with that. Which was really kind of a wasted plot line. It was, but it, it still worked along the same line of Winter Soldier. You know, you still had, you still had this group of people. You know, at the time, it was Captain America, the Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Agent 13 trying to find out the truth of this whole thing. And it's them moving around in the background of what's... It's moving around in the background when the forefront is... All these superheroes are going to get into a fight. Well, these guys are in the background trying to solve what's really going on. And you had the dichotomy between, you know, flashy over the top and then what's going on in the shadows. And you have Agent 13, you know, gaining information to find out X, Y, and Z, disseminating to Steve, and then he in turn goes and, and finds out the truth. And I, and I really did like that. I liked the fact that it was more than just, hey, here's, you know, Captain America versus Iron Man. Winter Soldier was definitely one of the movies that, I was never looking at my watch. Mm-hmm. I'll still watch that entire movie through. Oh, yeah. I mean, Civil War, I, I, I could kind of fast-forward between the three times that you see Bucky taking out Tony's parents. Like, okay, we get it. Yes. He shot... In the beginning, he's like, wow, he killed some people in the car. And then later on, they showed again. I'm like, okay, he killed people in the car, and then he stole something and made the Winter Soldiers. 
And then at the end, alright, he killed Tony's parents, then took the thing, and went to the, it's piecing together the storyline where it's like, I don't need to see it three times. That felt a little bit J.J. Abrams for me. A little lost. Yeah. Showing the same scene from six different angles. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get what they were trying to do. They're trying to lead up to the big wow moment of, <laughs> holy shit, Winter Soldier's the one that took out Tony's parents, which incites, you know, the big fight. Um, and it's not to say you don't need that, because you do. You know, you need to... You need a real reason why Tony's going to fight Captain America. Not just, you're not listening to me about you being arrested. It's it's life and death stuff. It's betrayal and, you know, I, it's hatred. I really moment. almost felt that that was... I, I will admit, I felt that was a little tired because Tony is, throughout all the movies, stressed that he's not the same person he was when he was ma- just a weapons manufacturer and arms seller. Bucky is not the same person he was. It's basically looking into the mirror and seeing your own dark reflection. See, I think... Okay, going back to Batman Forever. Batman and Robin. Whatever the fuck this one Forever. Is. I didn't need Two-Face having two different cigarettes. I didn't, need, I didn't need Two-Face having two different types of drinks. I don't need Two-Face having two different types of sidekicks. We get it. He likes dual things. Okay. Not everything has to be you know, the mix between light and dark, because that's really not how Two-Face was. He's very much, you know, the 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 inner battle between Two-Face and Harvey Dent was an internal one. It wasn't an over-the-top, let's, let's show everyone that there's two sides of me now. Yeah. Because you never get a conflict between two. It's just, hey, both sides are bad, apparently. And the Nolan verse was a little more... The Nolan verse Two Face was a bit more true to the every decision revolved around his point. Where in this one he does enjoy a certain amount of autonomy. Yeah. And it's the what I think in this one, the coin is really twice when he decides if he's going to shoot Riddler, and then at the end, when he's like, "You've always been a two minds about everything, Harvey." Hmm. I didn't like the bat nipples. I will say that. Oh, no, that was a terrible idea. That's why I've often asked why mannequins have nipples. So, angels. That's a weird thing with me. Like, when I watch a movie about, like, angels, like, a legion, you know, does an angel need nipples and a belly button? There's no umbilical cord there. They're not being birthed into the world like that. Shout out to Dogma? Yes. Smooth as a Ken doll. All that, like, it's little stuff like that that you gotta pay attention to. If if you're gonna have, if you're gonna try and stick to ultra-realism in that regard, then have it be ultra-realistic then. Even this scene was a good scene right there. Batman diving off the building? Yes. Yeah, I mean, they, that was good cinematography. Absolutely. And I, and I think that this was a really good bat suit, you know? Besides the nipples. Yeah, this, but this also has my favorite bat symbol. The black on the yellow background. Oh, yes. Like, don't get... I, I still say that this, you know, this movie could have been much better if they just toned it down a little bit. I didn't need this whole thing where, you know, he turns on the flame-retardant part of aspect of his suit. Give me a break. Yeah, you think they would just made that standard? That's, that's my one qualm with Batman and James Bond. Does he have to have a fucking gadget for everything? It lends to, yes, Batman's always 
you know, expecting the unexpected. Get the fuck out of here. He can't always have something perfect for every single occasion. Because then it leads away from me worrying about whether or not he's going to make it out make it out alive or something. Because like, oh, well, he's just going to have a gadget for this. And then who the fuck cares if he's ever in any real danger. Because he's going to have some way to get out of it. The reason why I like John McClane. You end up using some shit like a fucking fire hydrant. And throw it at somebody and shoot that. Like, oh, okay, that happens to be around. And that's more realistic in that regard. True. Ugh. Anything else you want to talk about? I'm really worried about this whole Civil War II that's currently going on. I haven't bought any issues of it, but I've been reading little bits and pieces and spoilers online. Like, you're really starting out painting yourself in a corner. Like, yep. we all know, spoiler alert, Hulk, Bruce Banner is dead. Yep. Somehow, this thing that the government couldn't replicate, we managed to not only replicate, but remove completely from his body and give to... Amadeus Cho. Chow, whatever the hell it is. Cho. C-H-O. Okay. Um, you're just going to bring him back. We all know it. He may stay dead a year. But I'm personally believing that I'm betting the arrow he was shot with. That it was really... His powers were never... His powers to turn into the Hulk were taken away. But the immortality slash healing aspect, I'm going to bet they'll be like, it was still there. And the that, regenerative properties? Yes, yeah. and that arrow that he was shot with suppressed it and put him into, like, a coma. Like, it was probably a treated arrow that delivered a special sedative that was designed to take down the Hulk in one shot, and he's in stasis somewhere. I mean, that was, like, the, the issue that I showed you of... Um... When the Hulk is fighting the UFOs. Mm-hmm. And he gets, you know, the skin flailing and meat flailing off his bones. And he's like, you know, I'm going to whittle you down to nothing. And he still walks up, essentially a skeleton and just thin muscle fiber and tissues. And just smacks the dude out of the way. And he's like, everyone just hold on. He just fucking builds back up in, you know, a matter of a panel. And I'm like, nice. Like, this fucking guy's unstoppable. So to think that he was taken out by an arrow really fucking pissed me off. Whether it was designed by Bruce Banner himself is a whole other story. I almost wish that people would refer to him as Robert a little more often, too. You would. Um, spoiler alert, dead. Thanos punched him through his armor. See, so like that, there's no coming back from. Unless they find an Infinity Gem and they revive the heroes a la... The White Lantern Corps in Brightest Day. Well, Skull's already running around with Kubrick. Stanley? No. Okay. Kubrick, Kubrick, the, like, it's a small child, a female child. That's a self-aware cosmic cube. So essentially the shaper of the worlds again? Yeah, I guess. I mean, she's the one that's, I guess, responsible for... This implanting these false memories into uh, so, Steve, Steve Rogers and make him be a Hydra agent. In in the late 80s, early 90s, the Cosmic Cube was given sentience in the form of a guy named the Shaper of the Worlds. Essentially, he looked like Spock on top of a giant cube. Like the cube was the lower half of his body. 
and he had uh, this guy named Glorian who would shoot rainbows at people. Wow. Yeah. It was like his protege. This was the 80s? Late 80s, early 90s, I think. It shows. Um, I'm trying to show you a picture of the shape of the world because it's really like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I remember seeing that like, what the fuck were you guys thinking? He looks like a reject from Transformers, like a failed Quintesson. Whatever it is, I was just like, you guys really took a stretch on that one, but... So, oh man, he first appeared in 1972. Okay, that seems even more appropriate. He's, he was, uh... So the scrolls made a cosmic cube. That's why he's got the scrollish ears and yes. scrollish face. Yes. Except my lacking the pigment, he's kind of a white-gray. Mm-hmm. So, and Gideon showed up, man, and as Glorian, I'm sorry, it was Glorian, in Incredible Hulk 1975, so it was the 70s that he first appeared. During, yeah, he during looks the whole like a very Joe sev- Yeah. You want to pause it for a sec? Yep, we'll be back after this commercial break. Alright, so it looks like we're branching these two segments together. Alright, so DC just posted that the tones of their movies are going to be much lighter. Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, God! Are they just not watching the other products out there? You don't need to make blanket fucking statements. Just know what your product is. Civil War was arguably a darker film. I mean, shit. I hope they don't think darker means, like, cinematically. Because, holy fuck, Batman vs. Superman was like Alien vs. Predator Requiem. I'm like, give these characters flashlights. <laughs> Turn a light on. It, it, it was so washed out. So devoid of detail. And I get, you can't have, you know, you can't do like the Avengers. You can't have Batman walking around at noon. Even the scene where Batman was in his nightmare in the desert looked just stupid. I don't know, I don't understand how Batman's having nightmares that are prophetic. I don't know. So have you seen the trailer for Passengers? It's the Chris Pratt oh, and yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Oh yeah, that looks good. That looks good, but I feel like they don't know what the hell they want to make. Because it... It almost, in the beginning, it plays up almost as, almost as a romance movie. A rom-com? Yeah. Not even just a rom-com, just straight rom like a sci-fi romance. Mm. Like, here are these characters stuck in a world by themselves. Are they forced to love one another, or is it, you know, genuine love kind of thing? But then they extrapolate into, well, now we got to figure out what's going on with the rest of the sleeping people. We got to, and, and this, this ship is careening towards the sun. And now we gotta do something. And it's like, are you making an action movie? Are you making a, a thriller movie? Are you making a romance movie? Are you making a sci-fi movie? What the fuck are you trying? Are you trying to shoehorn all that into one idea? It's Rodney and I were talking about that on an episode of Um that just happened, where yes, Adam Sandler makes shitty movies, but you know what you're getting into when you see an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, you do. Versus trying to make a movie that meets everybody, everybody's 
appeal, and then you fall short. Which is, I think, I haven't seen Cloud Atlas, but I heard that's a big problem with it. Is, you know, you have this ideal of, here's a romance between a man and a woman that's last through different incarnations of their spirit, essentially. But it's also sci-fi, it's, you know, time jumping, and it's romance. And it's like, you're, again, you're doing too much. Sit the fuck down, figure out the baseline of the movie that you're trying to make, and make that movie. Agreed. And, you know, the set, the same could be said for for all these superhero movies, you know. Just make just make the movie. Just make it. It goes with that Spawn thing. Are you trying to make a Spawn movie or are you trying to make a horror movie? Yeah. You can have a Spawn movie with elements of horror, which is kind of what they started to do with Scarlet Witch in Age of Ultron, which I thought was a really cool way of her doing it. being jittery, twitchy. Yeah, and her, like, just showing up out of nowhere, and, you know, she's dark and ominous, and, you know, she moves unhuman and unnaturally. But then, by the end of that movie and by Civil War, they totally got away with that. Like, okay, she just tricked that moves her fingers around now. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool effect, and she, you know, shows the the gamut of her powers, but it's just... You're doing too much. Yeah, and that... Upon review, I mean, even at that time, I was never thrilled at the death of Quicksilver. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know how fast he, in fact, is. I don't know if he's like the Flash... Where he literally can run around a bullet? He can, but it's not... He's he's nowhere near as fast as... The Flash is, you know, able to time jump with his speed and, you know, breach into other universes with his speed. I don't think Quicksilver's ever been lumped into that. I'm still not a fan of the Fox's Quicksilver, but I, I find the character a little more entertaining. I mean, yeah, he's had a second movie now. But, uh... And he's been mostly just the kind of comic relief i guess yeah even his whole scenes have been the break in the film which and, he has cool scenes and he and it, it was executed well yep but i mean his death wasn't without weight because he saved the guy that basically he's been riding the ass of the entire movie from the opening setup being hawkeye uh-huh but I just, I, I almost hope the character, through the Infinity Stones or whatever, somehow gets another shot, because I actually feel bad for that guy. Aaron Johnson? Mm-mm. I don't think so. I think that's his name. Even though we're recording on my phone, you were definitely... Or, or Steven to... Aaron Johnson, some shit like that. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think that's what it is. Yeah, that sounds about right. Aaron Taylor Johnson, yeah. Yeah, that's who he is. Um, again, you know, he, here's a guy that has really gotten uh, a lot better as an actor between starting in Kick-Ass and then moving on to Godzilla and now this. I don't think he's a bad actor at all. Um, so I I'd, I'd, I think it'd be worth it to um, have him get another shot. I think that what they're going to do is they're going to have them all fight Thanos and then everyone's going to be all honky-dory like, okay, then we all got to stick together then, you know, because the Accords are not, you know, we got to fight this thing off. I think at the time of something like Thanos, if he's going to be this world-ending power, especially with the Infinity Gauntlet on his hand, which I'm assuming is going to, yeah, you'd kind of have to throw that all out the door, out the window anyway. So, 
someone that we both know, Fitzgerald, is a big video game buff. Retro video game. So what he's trying to do right now is he's trying to build an entire NES collection. And I give him props for it because it's not easy to do. No, because, God, they were fucking making those things like stamps. And you had, I remember my parents, God bless them, got me fucking biblical video games. The Bible games? Yeah. Which, actually, for gameplay, were actually kind of fun. They're, if you notice, they're not, none of those games are licensed NES games, though. Correct. They were like the blue cartridge, right? No. They were black. Oh, yeah. So they either had the blue or the black cartridge, but they're not NES. I think one of them might be NES licensed, but the rest weren't. No, yeah. Um, there's a whole series on Cinemasker about those with the Angry Video Game Nerd. But uh, he was saying before work, he picked up, thir- like, he went to a place and he picked up 31 games. Like Which, so- some of them you can get extremely cheap. And so we were talking about, like, Nintendo World Championship, which is... I have let Zelda 1 and 2 up there to your left, uh, and Link to the Past. Yeah, I have, at my parents' house, I, I was telling him, I probably have like 30 games, 30, 40 games right there. I plan on buying and having in my home when I have one, uh, having a video game collection. Not so much a collection, but ooh, ah, I plan on having them playable and you yeah. know, used. I mean, it's it's the NES that I have at, at the house. You know, I just got to buy controllers for it and stuff like that, but it's nothing too crazy i just have to go to my parents house and pick up the games but i was the nintendo world championship for those that don't know and is that the most expensive one it's like a grand it's it's the rarest because in the 90s nintendo had what's called the nintendo world championship it was a competition for people to come out and it was essentially time trials on particular games in the nintendo franchise so you had like level one of Super Mario Brothers, uh, I think one of the Red Racer tracks, you know, and so on. Well, the game itself isn't rare. You can find reproduction cartridges of them all over the place. The gray cartridges, so the black cartridges are the reproduction. The gray cartridges are the ones that were handed out to, like, you know, the participants. And those are rare. Then you have the gold cartridge, which is, I believe... The winning cartridge and plus whatever the the grand prize uh, monetary value was at the time, but the golden cartridge was the end all be all. That's like the holy grail of gaming. Is it a good game? No, far from it. But that gold cartridge changes everything because I mean, so to the best of my knowledge, the only gold cartridges were the Link, the Zelda, and now this Nintendo World Championship. And that thing is worth so much money, and it's it's the hardest one to find right now. Yeah, I've heard about that. Like, it gets, like, $2,000, $3,000 in auctions. I think it might be more than that. <clears throat> I'm sure you've seen that retro NES that's coming out that's a fraction of the size. It comes with, like, three thirty preloaded games. I might pick that up. I am going to pick that up. I'm going to give it to my dad as a gift, because my dad was the first person in our nice. family to beat Mario Brothers. And my mother and grandmother actually played Mario together. One would be Mario, one would be Luigi. Yeah. And I also plan on picking up a traditional NES because my dad had a couple of favorite games that he used to play with us when we were kids. And he would play on his own, too. And I actually, that's one of my Christmas gifts I'm planning on doing for them. I mean, you can say what you will about the Wii, about it being a sub subpar system. In, in the sense of you had other systems out at the time that were obviously 
much more um, advanced, much more advanced in in the world with PlayStation and Xbox. Um, but the Wii, you were able to download the old school games. So I have Super Mario Brothers One on my Wii, uh, Castlevania, Mike Mike Tyson's Punch Out, Ghosts and Goblins. Ghosts and Goblins is actually on my PlayStation. What's the game? Uh, were you playing Castlevania? Castlevania, yes. It on you? yes. I got so far. I got up to the Grim Reaper, and Sussy somehow deleted that save file, and I almost fucking flipped my shit. Much like many other members, Mandy, you didn't get to beat the Grim Reaper. But I mean, that's that shit that kids will never <laughs> understand nowadays, because I mean, it is awesome to have the Wii because you could stop playing right there and come back later and play. But back in the day, if you didn't if you didn't sit down, you didn't beat that game all at once. You're not beating that game. God, I remember when they first made save codes. Well, I mean, Metroid? Zelda Zelda had a save file. I think Metroid. Metroid had a save file. After you cleared well. a yeah. level, you got a yep. digits and letters. Yep, and it was long as shit. Yeah, but not that I understand Game Genie. I mean, Mike Tyson Punch Out had that where you could skip to you know any particular fighter. But again, kids, there aren't even codes nowadays. Because no. when we were growing up, there was codes for everything. You know, like okay, if I hit this code, then I you know. NBA Jam, I get back in the bowl and shit like that. Goldeneye, you know, you get unlocked the golden gun. Mode. <laughs> God, golden that's, gun. That's a game that they need to bring back, like legit bring back. Yeah. But I, my my worry is if they bring it back, it's only going to be for the Wii U, and I'm not going to pick up a Wii U just to have Goldeneye. I have a Nintendo 64 sitting behind my TV. Why don't we ever bust that out and play some gold? Do you have Goldeneye? Uh, I mean, Golden... I think I have a copy of it at my parents' house. The problem I have right now is I have to buy the converters and everything to hook it up to an HDMI t- to a HD TV. So, what was your favorite '64 game? Goldeneye. Goldeneye. I think, man. I didn't play many. Um, '64 sec- had some good games. Uh, close second was, and I'm probably gonna take some shit for this. Uh, the Star Wars Pod Racer game. Yes. As a racer game goes, it was entertaining as shit. I mean, you had Star Fox, which was awesome. Yeah, that I enjoyed playing that in stores, but I never bought it. Super Mario sixty four, yes, absolutely awesome. Um, remember, Link, uh, Ocarina of Time. Remember, if you held the Z trigger, you could fucking move the uh, cursor around and stretch out Mario's face. Yep. And then you. I also, never played any of this, and the the N sixty four and Beyond Zelda games. You also had the uh, the original Mario Kart. Yes. Wait. Oh no! no game, Super, it was on Game Super NES. Yeah, but to be fair. Mario Kart 64 is the end-all, be-all, beginning of Mario Kart for the most part. I, I know GameCube also had it, but was GameCube after 64? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Because that's where uh, they the, finally got one up in terms of technology. Into disc-based games. Uh, yeah, but remember, that was when uh, uh, Shinji Mayakami uh, signed the uh, exclusivity deal for Resident Evil. Oh, okay. It was just... But all those games... I don't know if they're going to be, if Nintendo's going to want to release those. Like, they might say, no, that's, that's our shit. So it can, we'll only have it on our system. I will never understand how people feel content with just emulators. Yeah, Rodney's big on that shit. Yeah, and I, I get that. Rodney was like, no, anyone who's got a smartphone nowadays can play this. You're missing the point. Yeah. To me, you're really missing the point. I'm a see, very... Ronnie's all about, if I get to play the game, that's the point. But see, I'm a very tactile person. Yeah. I prefer books to e-books. 
I want that. I want to be able to look through my. You'll know, go down to my basement, and see my 16-bit NES. I want to be able to see my NES next to that. I want to see my sec. You know, my Sega Genesis. You know, I want to go pick up an old Square PlayStation. With having most of my PlayStation games, I still own. Not the PS1 reboot. No, not the reboot. I want the old one because that's where I. That's really where I started with games on my own. I, I love bought the, fact the system that even, on my own. Even the, like the PS4, you can have the the theme for at least the PlayStation One. So I have that. I, have I just wish that the startup screen was the same. Yeah, the big orange. <laughs> Granny, yeah. you're waiting 15 minutes. Like just fucking load. But just to have that option, yeah. I'd be okay with it. Um, I want to have all those next to it. For me, I I'm. You know, I like buying some things, digital movies, but I'm also, I like having a collection. You know what I was thinking that would be cool if they did? An Uncharted side-scroller game. I'd be open to it, especially if it's made by Naughty Dog. Yeah. Naughty Dog has, like, my full trust. It it can't be that hard to do. Or another Crash Bandicoot game. You don't have to, you don't have to redo the graphics and all that stuff. All you gotta make do is straight update it. Yeah, make it clean and make it. It could just be the, the next exact game. same game, and I will give you my money. Well, I mean, in Uncharted Four, you get to play the the first level of Crash Bandicoot. Like I am beyond stoked that they are finally doing a remastered remake of. Re- I don't know if it's a remake or a remaster of Resident Evil Two because Resident Evil Two is my hands down favorite. I have that on my PS3. Oh god, I have that on. I have still the original disc games all the way up to Nemesis. I have them all on my Vita. Which you, you, Rodney, and Nelson are the ones keep and and Frankie Machine are the ones keeping Vita alive. Because shout out to uh, Nick Prohl in the quiz episode that we just had. Which I'm still sorry I cannot be there for. It's, it's okay. It was your birthday. I had a triple loaded fucking day. We were talking about um, our pod partner's biggest regrets. And we had to guess what it was. <laughs> and I said, Rodney picking up a Vita. Of course, it ended up being... Uh, he had a different answer. I can't remember what it was. But I was like, oh, okay. I was, but but even when I brought it up, everyone's like, he owns a Vita? I'm like, yeah. I still own my PSP. I have a PSP. Which, I guess I really need to get with a little bit of technology. Because I've heard that can, the PSP, you can make it into a hellacious emulator system. That's what I heard as well. And for that, for a pocket system like that, I'm okay with. Yeah. It will never I will still want to park a Genesis, a Super NES. But see, I would only use the PSP to play Game Boy and uh Game Gear games because it would feel close to it. Um I finally for reasons I'm not going to discuss, I've had to spend a lot of time in the hospital lately for family issues. Um one night I finally bit the bullet, I downloaded a Game Boy emulator, a Game Boy Advance emulator. I don't know if you ever played much Game Boy Advance, but there was a game called Advanced Wars. And it was just a little strategy, 2D, you know, military game, cartoony graphics, cartoony characters. And it was just a lot of fun to play. And even still, as I'm playing it, I'm enjoying it, but it's still missing something. And I'm already compiling a list of Game Boy Advance cartridges I want to buy. I have my Game Boy Advance in my bookcase over there with all my movies. Uh, I just picked up another copy of Link to the Past for it, because I lost mine. Link to the Past is a great fucking game. Um, Metroid Fusion for it was phenomenal. I, on my Game Boy Advance, I had Link to the Past and Sonic, one of the Sonic game that originally came out in there. Um, Game Boy Advance? 
Wasn't yep. that just a port of a Genesis? Or was it a new product? I think it was a new product. It was the it was one of the first ones that had that, that pink uh the pink character I forgot. Oh, the, the name. pink hedgehog? Yeah. It was a hedgehog, right? I can't remember. If that, that comes, no, she was she was a rabbit, I believe. Then that comes definitely after that was like a possibly a Sega C D game. Because that's where you saw Knuckle and the Chaotix. Yes. Um, that's where that, for, and that's still like, I really, I was listening to a podcast and it had an interview with somebody that was high ranking in Sega through those days. And an article just came out, I read it not too long ago, on the Death of the Dreamcast. And that the system was arguably ahead of its time. Amy Rose. Oh yeah. Yeah. She wasn't the bat? No. She was, a. Well, the article no, I was reading on, uh, I think Amy Rose is the bad. No, she she's the pink, um, she's a she's the pink hedgehog. But there's somebody else. Um, I just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it happens. But emulation to me is fine and all, but to me it'll never replace having that cartridge in my hand. Putting it in the system and just having the system there. Rogue is the name of the bat. Cream. Cream the rabbit. Wow. That sounds like a hentai game. Let's see. But, so, yeah. Um, and I don't... Anyone who likes doing the emulation, that's fine. I've seen a lot of cool, like, Raspberry Pi is this little computer. Okay. Um, that you can basically... It, it. I guess it's phenomenal for emulation. I'm like, I think it can handle easily in its stock form up to, like, Nintendo 64. And then with a couple tweaks of chipsets for it, you can handle have it handling up to, like, Dreamcast easy. And having, like, over, like, a thousand games at your disposal is cool, but I want to be able to look over and see the cartridge sitting in the console. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I don't like. I said I don't take anything away from anyone who wants to do the emulation. It's a point of pride to me to have it. I'm never gonna shit on anyone for doing it. No. Um, but it's just me. Man, I. I can't think of even any games that I'd want now. Like games that are coming out that I'm really that. Of course, they push back the Last Guardian, which I've talked about before. Are you even gonna give it a shot? Yes. Are you okay? I'm gonna steal one of your buddies, sixty or thirty. I'll pay sixty for it. Okay, I, when Rocket League. You and I have been paying, playing Rocket League. Granted, you got it for free, right? When it was on yeah. PlayStation Plus, I got it for I think twelve bucks. Do you feel like you? Do you feel like twelve bucks was justified? Yes. Because see, I'm the other side of the coin. For twelve bucks, I don't know if I would have done it. I did it for the for the value of, I get to play another game with you that I don't have to think about. It's not you know. Playing with you the last time we played was the most fun I've had on that game ever. And I like that neither one of us took it overly seriously. Even when one of the other one of us was racking up the score, running up the score on the other, which completely was dumb luck. And yes. I, at least I don't on my side, I, I can't lie and say I fucking timed out any shot. I, I am getting better, but I miss. It's for those that don't know what Rocket League is. You're essentially a little race car soccer. It's a race car soccer match. It's either three on three, four on four, or less. And 
you're in an arena that you drive on the walls and on the ceiling for a minute. There's turbo, and you're hitting this giant fucking ball into the opposing net. Essentially, car soccer. Yeah. Um, and you could jump. But there's so many fucking times I missed that giant fucking ball. <laughs> Give me one game. I'm going to say, I'm going to, mine's going to be from PlayStation generation. Okay. But give me one that you would kill, even if it was just a complete graphical upgrade, gameplay was the same, characters were the same, obviously updated, polished to look good for nowadays standards. Shadow Plus. Okay, you're going right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> for me, Jet Moto. Jet Moto was a great fucking game. Imagine what you could do with the graphics, the PS4, and I know there's Xbox, I'm hoping there's Xbox gamers out there that are listening to the show, because although it's not my system, I don't like Xbox, I give respect to the people who play it, that's your business. Um, there's never been a game on it that's really made me ever want to put my money out there, but Jet Moto was so fucking fun, until Sony went through its mad cash grab phase where it founded, I think, 989 Studios. And they took over Jet Moto. They took over Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal, I'd like to see. Twisted Metal Black, I thought, was awesome. I think Two Extreme was another great game. Where it was, uh, you could either be a rollerblader, a skateboarder, or a bicyclist. And, you know, you're racing from point A to point B. See, for me, that got replaced by SSX. That I never played. Oh, my God. I picked that up launch day for PS2. I have never been more grateful. Like, in a game that has, like, I put it in the system, and I'm like, wow, this is a whole new generation of graphics. Now, being at the time when the PS2 came out, Dreamcast was already out, mind you. We'd mm -hmm. already seen uh, Ready to Rumble. I think it already had Code Veronica, Resident Evil Code Veronica, out when it came out. But I will possibly boot up SSX for you. It was just an over-the-top, very much cartoonish looking characters without coming off like you know chibi if you know what that style is i'm assuming you do because you're pretty well versed in asian culture and asian pop yeah. culture um like the the black character had an afro mm -hmm. it really felt like the boxer from ready to rumble quite honestly it's funny how japan does that shit japan can get away with that shit yeah um we're possibly going to take another pause again so I can reload the bowl, because we seem to be enjoying this episode. I'm having a great time. Even even if we don't keep recording, you know, I'd like to hang out for a little bit more. Oh, that's fine. You know, my house is always open to you. Um, but SSX was just so polished and so entertaining that it just really... And when they came out with the sequel, SSX Tricky... Uh, hold on, before you do that, let me make sure I'm not at a point where I need to save. Uh, sorry, Adam's... Okay, I'm at a title screen, that's fine. SSX sounds like a cool game. It it was so fun, and it got... Tricky was the sec sequel, the second one, and it was the same art style, and I think 3 came out for PS3, and it went more realistic, and I really feel like it lost itself there. And that's the thing, everyone goes, everyone's so busy worried about realism, when it's like, if you take a game that has a fun factor to it. Like, if they were to try to make Crash Bandicoot realistic and you make an actual Bandicoot running yeah. around, it's like, you don't need to do that shit. No. Can you imagine if they try to make Sonic the Hedgehog look like a fucking hedgehog? Do you It'd remember, be mayhem. Well, do you remember the Sonic game where it had him interacting with just plain humans? Yes. And I'm like, uh, I would have rather you kept the whole world just, you know, creatures. 
Yeah. Animals. You didn't that, need to bring. Was, I mean, it always it always, always kind of fucked me up that Doctor Robotnik looked like a person because I'm like, you have all these animals running around. What the fuck do you need a person for? Now here's my thing with that. I mean, that's kind of like the Simpsons thing. All right, you got Doctor Robotnik who's a quote unquote person. Give him three fingers and a thumb. But I'm really looking forward to you know the day I have a house where I can have things like my system. You know have a collection of systems, have people come over for, you know, retro game nights. That'd be fucking cool. Um, I would like to have, you know, for the older stuff... Oh, fuck, you just did a flip on Rocket League. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't tell you how to fucking do that kind of shit. You just dump and then pull on the stick. Yeah, that's what she said. Zing. Um, so if you press triangle, it focuses on the ball, so you never Yeah, that, that uh, the ball cam... Which sounds so fucking pornographic. Eventually we're going to see somebody with a GoPro on their dick. Alright, well... I really just want to... I mean... Alright, so you and I... What are we here? have spent a whole fucking day together. And it's our first time spending a whole day together in... I don't even know how long. I don't know... A kind of a stress-free day, too. In In the best kind of ways. I mean, the two of us have a lot of responsibilities right now with, you know, your one kid, my two. Um, your one kid has kind of the responsibility of, of like, four sometimes. In, uh, in, little fucker. In, in a fine way, you know, it's not like, you know, I'm not trying to talk shit right now. No, I love, no. I love, but, um, but it's, it's, it is nice to have time where it's, you know, we're, we're able to just kind of be ourselves and geek out a little bit more. Yeah. Tex ain't doing shit for you. No. When you play with the computer, it's kind of... Your typical AI that gets in the way more often than it helps you? Yeah. Uh, you were talking about games coming out. This is probably the last thing we top... At least I'm going to touch on before uh, we probably wrap this up. Okay. Um, games coming out. I know I saw a preview at the Sony conference, I believe. I don't think it was E3. Um, it's from, I think, Naughty Dog again. It's uh, post-apocalyptic... Uh-huh. And uh, the zombies kind of look more like um, 28 Days Later zombies, where they move quick. If so they're it's e- like Dying Light? Yeah. God, I hope they... God, they, they make a sequel to that. They'll have my money. I will pre-order that game. Again, another game where you don't have to worry about multiplayer in regards to, oh, I'm going to kill this guy, I'm going to kill that guy. Like, no, it should just be... And no, and the multiplayer that was there was fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, you and I... Logged quite a few hours on that. I would say easily we probably broke 20. Just my guess. And it was worth it. Like, And we just sit there in like an area be like, look how I'm going to kill this zombie. And just doing dumb shit. And it was, it's like, it's like when you're a little kid and you're with, you know, a friend or a sibling and you're like, let's pretend to fight, you know, monsters. And you go back to back and you're just, you know, fighting people. That's how, it, that's what I like in that game too. And that's what I really hope. Like, the sales and online downloads of that game will show developers you don't... Everything doesn't have to be the next Call of Fucking Duty. Thank Christ. I'm so done with that series. um, Certain games, like, hell, we just did a couple... What? We just, man, what, two weeks ago got a couple rounds of Black Ops 2. Just us versus bots. Which I showed Nelson, and now he loves doing that, because it's like... That is what... I don't have to think... About, you know, other fucking people. 
And, not only, and if you want to think about other people, you can always play against each other. Yep. Which I don't know about you and your brother. I know you and I will talk shit to each other, but it's never malicious. No. And we'll, or the other one will just start laughing hysterically when well, you with your fucking grenades can launch it without even looking across the fucking map, and it lands right on me. <laughs> I would swear you have one of those fucking special controllers that has, like, the auto hit. We gotta, we gotta get back out on that. Um, but, yeah, just, just like the movies, you don't need to win awards, entertain me. These games, I really wish the developers were like, listen, we're not gonna make the next, you know, hundred billion dollar game that's gonna get people hitting it like a fucking rabbit in a feeder bar in a fucking lab experiment. But we're gonna make profit. Isn't some profit better than none? Yep. And you're, I feel like Call of Duty's losing people by the minute with... They're, they're, they're turning into the iPhone of gaming. Where it's like, hey, we're going to give you the exact same thing. Call it, the, call it the next numerical number. And then that's it. Same thing with Madden. It's the reason why I haven't gotten Madden since 2010. Oh. I'm interested in getting another one just because, like, I, I want a football game. The last Madden I owned was for PlayStation 2, the launch day one. But but that's what I'm saying. Is you don't, like... Do you I, even want to go back to Madden now if you've gotten into NHL? <coughs> yeah. Um, I would like to get one of each sport besides FIFA. Yeah. Maybe even a basketball game. But, but it's you just... could have had NBA 16 if you downloaded it. I did, and it's garbage. Oh, you're not the first person to tell me that. Garbage. Nelson, Nelson actually told me, like, there's a, there's a better game out there. But it comes down to, why would I pick up Madden 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and now 17? It's... You're not going to get that much difference in gameplay. I don't get people that do that. Although, I will admit... I, to a degree, I guess I was guilty of that with Destiny. Now, I fully intend to look into Destiny 2. I'm probably going to wait easily a year, year and a half, if not a little longer. and get Because now you can buy, it's called Destiny the Collection. That's all the fucking Maps. expansions for like 50 bucks. I think one of the best games I ever bought sports game-wise, uh, besides NHL 16, was Fight Night Round 3. Love that game. Hmm, okay. It's all boxing, but yeah. it's it was a lot of fun. Anyway, I digress. We'll talk a little bit more about gaming, hopefully, in the next one. This has already turned into, like, an hour and ten minute long podcast. Easy. So. Thanks for uh, coming out and smoking with us, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed listening. We enjoyed talking. Well, check out the rest of the great shows on the Get a Disease Network, including You're Gonna Get a Disease. Um, That Just Happened, starring yours truly and Rodney Sinio. Uh, Something Gate. Badge Dialogues and Dust Trucks, and of course, hooking up. And hopefully after uh, I'm into better quarters on campus, I'll be able to have some of these people over. I'm down. They'll actually be pretty close to you, so most likely be done as well. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, I'm Adam Flores. I'm David Merkel. 